God. I'm glad you guys were able to tune in. If you like FCC, click like and subscribe. Follow us on Facebook. And I want to challenge you to uh, send this to somebody. Also, this is fertile ground here. Consider planting a seed. Visit us at uh, our Facebook page, FCC. God bless. Praise the mighty God. Blessed be your name, O Lord. You are worthy. You are worthy. <clears throat> it's an, an interesting time to be alive. We're at the beginning of a, uh, uh, we just ended a new uh, decade, and we're at the beginning of a new year, 2020. And, uh, and the world is an interesting place. But here's what I know to be true. You and I are here for such a time as this. Now, some of you, that might make you excited. Others, you're like, oh, boy. Lord, what were you thinking? Some of you are just like, bring it on. Here I am. I used to think, oh, I should have been born when there was knights in shining armor and bravery and fighting and chivalry, you know. But I wasn't. Here I am for such a time as this. So you got to ask yourself in this season of prayer and fasting, why is that, God? What is your call in my life for this time? Why have you sustained me, not only life, but here? Here, are, here we are in this time, in this season in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. I don't believe that is an accident. I don't believe we serve a God of accidents. He's a God of divine order. He's a God of purpose. He's a God who has a plan. Do I hear an amen? There's a plan. He's, you are not an accident. This, us gathering here today, is not an accident. But God has orchestrated us to be here as a team, a family of God, for such a time as this, to minister to this neighborhood, this community. But we got to ask. We, one person can't do it alone. Two or three can't. But us as a family, as a body of believers, working together, hand in hand, prayerfully taking one step at a time, we can make an impact in this community. But here's the thing. we got to be in our prayer closet. we got to do a little fasting. Got to do a little Bible reading. Because if you're sick and tired and wore out, how are you going to help anyone else? We've got to be spiritually strong, healed, saved, and delivered before we can help others become strong, healed, saved, and delivered. Amen? Praise God. You guys are in for a treat. I, I'm excited about this day and this message. The Church of God has what we call a Declaration of Faith. And today is Declaration of Faith Sunday. And it explains what it is that we believe. What is it that we believe not only as Christians, but as a movement? A Church of God is considered a denomination, but they themselves call themselves a movement because usually denominations are dogmatic in their, in their stances, and they never change. Once they, they say something, they're that way forever. Let me give you an example. Back in the olden days in the Church of God, Men couldn't wear a ring because it was thought to be flattering. You're trying to adorn yourself. Women had really long hair and really long skirts. Men always wore suits. There was a lot of 
but nowhere do you see that in the Bible. And they recognize the error of their ways and they adjusted. But there's some denominations that still do that today. They've never adjusted. Those are man-made religiosity type things. And so that's why they call themselves a movement. Because they realize that perhaps their interpretation of things back then isn't and wasn't accurate. And they don't want to be a movement that decrees and declares a thing as though it was uh, God-given. And it wasn't. But this is what I'm excited about. And I don't know. Do we want to risk that? We want to try it? There's a video from our general overseer regarding the uh, Declaration of Faith. And if you can go ahead and let that roll, we'll listen to um, Bishop Tim Hill. I want to share with you the Declaration of Faith. I want you to hear it again. I want it to touch your heart. And I want it to remind us of what we have in this powerful statement. We believe in the verbal inspiration of the Bible in one God eternally existing in three persons, namely the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of the Father, conceived of the Holy Ghost and born of the Virgin Mary. That Jesus was crucified, buried, and raised from the dead. That he ascended to heaven and is today at the right hand of the Father as the intercessor. That all have sinned and have come short of the glory of God. And that repentance is commanded of God for all and necessary for forgiveness of sins. That justification, regeneration, and the new birth are wrought by faith in the blood of Jesus Christ in sanctification subsequent to the new birth. Through faith in the blood of Christ, through the Word, and by the Holy Ghost, we believe that holiness is God's standard of living for His people in the baptism with the Holy Ghost subsequent to a clean heart. We believe in speaking in tongues as the Spirit gives utterance and that it is the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We believe in water baptism by immersion, and all who repent should be baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. We believe in divine healing, and that it is provided for all in the atonement, in the Lord's Supper and washing of the saints' feet, in the premillennial second coming of Jesus, first to resurrect the righteous dead and to catch away the living saints to Him in the air, second to reign on earth a thousand years. We believe in the bodily resurrection, eternal life for the righteous, and eternal punishment for the wicked. That, my friend, is our declaration of faith, inspired by the word of the living God. You know, it's been said that if you don't stand for something, you will fall for anything. I stand unapologetically on the word of the living God, and wholeheartedly as your general overseer, I endorse and embrace the declaration of faith of the Church of God. Amen. Yeah, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. That is a powerful testimony. <clears throat> that was Bishop Tim Hill, the general overseer of our Church of God International. Um, and Church of God is that international movement uh, founded over well over 100 years ago. We have uh, Lee University and the Theological Seminary are two uh, colleges that we have here in the States, and there's many more around the world. Can someone give me some lights back up here so I can see my notes? As, as, as I'm getting a little bit older, it's getting harder to see. But uh, praise God. What I'm going to do is recap what we have with our... Um, I'm going to read the statement one more time, and then I'm going to give some scriptural verses to do it. Do you like... 
Because some people might ask, what, wh how is it that you come up with that? They're all founded in scriptures, and I'm going to give you some material before you leave today to help you with that. But this, let's get started. We believe in the verbal inspiration of the Bible. In 2 Timothy 3.16, it says that all scripture, everyone say all. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. This is very important. I was I had a discussion with someone um, recently, and I and I and to bring a point of clarification, I quoted some scripture, and they said, "Well, just Paul wrote that." Yeah, he did, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, and it made it through all this time, and it's found in the Dead Sea Scrolls and all the way to your Bible today, because God allowed it to be. All scripture is God-breathed. Whether it's a letter to the Corinthian church or the church in Ephesus, it's a letter to you and I as well. Amen? Praise God. We believe in one God eternally existing in three persons, namely the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. In 2 Corinthians 13, 14, may the grace, and you're going to see all characters represented here, and may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. We also see it when Jesus was baptized by his cousin, John the Baptist. We see the scene of the Trinity. As Jesus was baptized, he comes up from the water, the heavens open, and something descended like a dove and rested on Jesus, and that was the Holy Ghost. And then we heard an audible voice, or they did at that time, of God saying, This is my Son, in which I'm well pleased. So he was washed in the water. The Father declared him to be a son in good standing, and he was anointed by the Holy Ghost. In scriptures, that was the oil. That is the same routine, if you will, or is the same ceremony that one high priest passed on the priesthood to another high priest that is his son. The son's got to be in good standing. He has to have been cleansed and washed, and he is anointed, and this proclamation is made. This is my son who is in good standing. I'm well pleased. That's what one priest did to pass on the priesthood to another, and that's what Jesus got before he went into his full-time ministry. And we see the representation of the Trinity right there in that scene. There's some, some doctrine, some people out there believe that, uh, you know, it's just one. They're Jesus only. And, and here's the thing. I, I don't see Bible for that, and it's dangerous, and you'll hold your questions in. It's dangerous in this fact that you're, you're going to shortchange yourself. Because if the Holy Spirit is the comforter, and Jesus is the Savior, and God is the creator, there's, they have different roles. We read in the beginning that the Holy Spirit hovered over the earth, that it was Jesus who spoke, that God was the power behind it all. Now, I know it sounds confusing. It's like an egg. It's three parts. It's the yolk. It's the, the yellow and the shell, uh, the white, the, the, the yolk and the shell, all in one, but it's all one egg. It's, it's, it's all together. We believe that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of the Father, conceived by the Holy Ghost and born of the Virgin Mary, that Jesus was crucified, buried, and resurrected, raised from the dead, and that he ascended to the Father and sits at the right hand of the Father as an intercessor. And several verses for that, if you're looking for them, and there was too many to read, Isaiah 7, uh, 14, Romans 10, 9, and 10, Mark 16, 19, will also help you with that. 
We believe that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and that repentance is commanded of God for all and is necessary for forgiveness. In order for you to get forgiveness, there should be an I'm sorry. Right? Some of you want the forgiveness and you don't want to say I'm sorry. You just want to feel good. You want the guilt to be gone, but you don't want to stop doing what you're doing. The Word of God says we must first do it. And here's what we know, that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. It's a gift for us all. 1 John 1.9 tells us that if we confess our sins, this is awesome. Whew, this will get me excited right here. He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. We simply need to confess it. You don't got to carry it around. You don't got to walk in it. You don't got to walk in the guilt and shame. You simply need to confess it to the Lord, and he's faithful and just, and he will forgive you. That, you guys should be saying amen at that. For those of you who are confessing, the rest of you, I don't know. Maybe you don't want to confess yet. But it's good. You're going to feel good if you do. I guarantee that. The burdens of your sins lifted away, washed away by the, by the blood of Jesus Christ. We believe that justification, regeneration, and new birth are wrought by faith in the blood of Jesus Christ. Those are some big words, and, and I'm going to try to s simplify some of this for you. And Titus 3, 7, so that having been justified by grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 tells us, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This whole thing, justification, just as if I've never sinned, regeneration and new birth becoming new. I'm not the guy I used to be anymore. I don't talk like I used to talk. I don't hang out with the guys I used to hang out with. I don't do the things I used to do. Why? Because I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. He forgave me of my sins. And because he dwells in me, I have new habits, new friends, new conversations, and a new vocabulary. I'm no longer the same as I was. I'm regenerated. I'm new. I'm a new guy. If you knew the old Felix, you probably wouldn't like him. You might not like the new one, but that's okay. That's between you and Jesus. But I'm not what I used to be. And we're all better for it. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Not just me, but you too. I'm not going to point any fingers, but you know, Jesus, help us. We believe. I know some of you guys. Please. Kyle's over here cracking jokes. I don't know. We believe in sanctification subsequent to a new birth through faith in the blood of Christ through the word and by the Holy Ghost. This is kind of a, a secondary, a continuation of number five. And 1 Corinthians 1.30 helps us. But it is from him that you are in Christ Jesus, who became God, who became God-given wisdom for us, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. And, and going again, we're a new creation, but that is all through the leading of the Holy Spirit. I didn't come to Jesus just because I thought it was a good idea. Some might, but I came because of leading, the drawing, the tugging of, at my heart. There's something telling me, hey, there's a better way. Hey, you don't have to keep doing it. Hey, what, there's, what the preacher is saying is true. What these Bible stories are, they're true. There's something different. That was the tugging, the pulling and drawing of the Holy Spirit. And I simply needed to respond and say yes. And when I did, my life changed. 
doesn't mean that I didn't have any problems. What it meant was that I had a hope. I had a hope of a future. I had a, a plan and a purpose that wasn't a man-made plan, like I should go to this school and get this job because it pays well. No, it was God's calling me to do this, whether it's in this workplace or this marketplace or this ministry field, whatever it is. When you're going along God's plan, he's going to make a way. When you do your own, you know, it's a toss-up. You don't know what's going to happen. But when God sends you and you walk in his purpose, if he called you to be a teacher, be the best teacher you could be. If he called you to be a marketing director, be the best one that you can be. Whatever your hand finds to do, do with all your might. If he called you to be a, a, a mother or a, a, a social worker or whatever it is, a daycare provider, whatever it is that he called you to do, do it with all your might. And do it as unto the Lord, because that is your ministry field. And by your faithfulness and by your service, others may come to know and see your witness and say there's something different about you. And then as soon as they start asking those questions, that's your opportunity to share. That's your opportunity to give your testimony. That's when you can talk about what Jesus did for you and how that you're able to, in, in a troubling time, smile and still have joy. Yeah, we cry it through the night, but your joy will come in the morning. That's what Jesus tells us. Amen? Yes, give the Lord a hand clap. Give it up for him. Praise you, Jesus. This is one that, that gets some people, They, you know, I'll just read it. Number seven, holiness is God's standard of living for his people. If you are a new creation and the old is gone, you can't live like you live, used to live. Holiness is the new standard. And, it, and Leviticus 11.44 says, For I am Yahweh, your God. So you must consecrate yourselves and be holy because I am holy. Think of it like this. Remember the old bracelets that used to say WWJD? What would Jesus do? And, and some people had them and didn't even know what they were. They saw them at the gas station. Yeah, that's cool. I'll wear it. And they're out there living like the world, wearing a bracelet and not realizing it. It sounds a little cliche, but we should all be asking ourselves, what would Jesus do? Right? Sometimes I got asked myself that when, when I, uh, there's people who I don't know how they got their license cuts in front of me. When I want to make that light and they're checking their phone and they don't go, they barely get through the light and, I, and then I got I to gotta wait. And you know how it is to wait when college kids are in town on Mission Street trying to turn off a broomfield anywhere. Oh my goodness. And I had to sit until you sent that text. I got to say, what would Jesus do? Because I want to ram my Suburban right in your trunk. No, that, I would not, not that I would do that because I don't want to fix my car, but sometimes we got to remind ourselves that we're a new creation, because Satan will try to get at you, because if that was a big deal before, and you had a temper, and you were hot, like I used to be, like, ugh, and there's, there's like a sociology that happens, when you're in your car, and in closed space, and you're buckled in, you're, 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 you're a different person, so we really got to, we might need to put WWJD on our dashboard, Right? For some of us. Maybe some of you are just all sanctified, calm. You, you can get through it. That's great. Try, drive through Chicago traffic and, and, and traffic jam. You run out of gas before you get to where you're going. 
But here's the thing. When your friend's like, hey, let's go hang out, you already know what they mean when they say, let's hang out. And, and what they might do. So you got to say, you know what? I'm inviting you to come hang out with me on Sunday at 10 o'clock. Right? You're trying to get me to go hang out Friday night at 11 o'clock. If, if the party ain't started by 7, it ain't happening by 11. We know what you're up to. Come on now. I'm a new creation. Holiness is my standard of living. Whatever you got going on, I'm not part of it. I got to do what I think Jesus would call me to do. We believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit subsequent to a clean heart. This is a good one. I like this. Let's get into Acts 1.5. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's only going to come to a place and dwell in a place that is occupied. Let me, this is what I want to say. He's going to stay in a place that is maintained with regular cleaning. We talked about not wanting company over when the house is a mess. And when they knock at the door, you're like kicking stuff under the carpet, throwing stuff in the closet. Maybe not some of you because your kids are gone and your house is just the way you left it. But th- those of you still got kids at home, you're like kicking stuff. And the company says, just a minute. And, and you're like, get that stuff. Get, get, get throw it in the-. And the kid's like, what? Not my kids, but other kids. So, so we do this quick clean and, 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 and shove the dog in the closet because it's barking like crazy because we don't have a candle set up right now. And they're like, oh, come on in. <laughs> yeah, welcome. Just don't go in the other room. Enter at your own risk. How? So imagine inviting the Holy Spirit over. Come on in. He's going to go in your closet. He's going to look under the bed. He's going to look in the cabinet and be like, why are your socks on the cereal bowls? I don't know. He's going to address some things in your life. And here's the thing. Here's where I'm going with this. If you don't clean the things up that he's addressing, he ain't going to stay. Clearly, you don't want me here. You're not addressing this area. I've, I've, I've brought a little bit of guilt and shame, not to condemn you, but just to bring you back to a sorrow that will bring you back to repentance so you'll make some changes. But you haven't, and you're not listening to me, so why am I going to continue talking to someone who's not listening to me? You all know that person. You talk to them like, hey, they're right here and they're looking. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're not going to talk to them very long, right? You'll be like, okay, see ya, thank you. So the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's only going to come where he's welcome. And you welcoming him is by you cleaning up and maintaining. The reason why I say maintaining is because no, no one's perfect. It says a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets up again. We're going to make some mistakes, and he's going to gently remind us and convict us of that, bring a little guilt and shame, not to condemn us, but to bring us back to repentance. And if you repent and clean up, he's like, all right, now we're making progress. And you keep walking out your faith. Right, But if you start to ignore the Holy Spirit and you stop living in a manner which He is welcome, then He's going to leave. And in scriptures call that, He'll turn you over to a hardened heart or a contrite heart. They're going to turn you over to your own evil desires. 
Some people believe once saved, always saved. We don't believe that way because those scriptures. In John 15, he talks about, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me, I will remain in you. And, and I will prune you so that you'll bear much fruit. And if you're unfruitful, when you're unfruitful, you're saying, I'm not going to submit to the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to follow his leading. I'm not going to do what he's asking me to do. Well, what kind of relationship is that? And he's going to say, well, then I feel like I'm not welcome here. So here's the thing. Holiness is God's standard of living for his people. The baptism of the Holy Spirit subsequent to a clean heart. Our, our heart's got to be clean for the Holy Spirit to feel like he's welcome. And we've got to maintain that clean heart. That means, here's the thing, I'm going to throw some big ones out. That means you've got to forgive some folks. That means you might need to say, I'm sorry. That, that might mean you've got to be a nice person. You've got to do some things, whatever the Holy Spirit's leading you to do. Now, uh, another lesson for another day is, you gotta, whatever you feel the Holy Spirit's telling you, it's got to be confirmed through Scripture. And you've got to test the spirits. That's the lesson for another day. But we believe, here's a big one. All right. Put your big girl boy pants on. We believe in speaking in uh, other tongues as the Spirit gives utterance and that it is the initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And here's Acts 2, 4. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. That's scripture. So here's some things. There's some, there's some brothers and sisters that are in other denominations that are called secessionists, which they believe that the, um, the Holy Ghost was only for the disciples to prove scripture. But when we read in Acts, in uh, second chapter, in uh, 18, and further, there's other stories where they came and other people spoke in tongues other than the disciples. One, it was the upper room. I think there was uh, 120 people there, not just the 12 disciples. So that disproves that. Another thing, they went to other folks in other regions, and those people, not just Jews, but Gentiles alike, received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And we say that's the initial evidence because every time we see that someone was prayed for and they did it, that was the first thing that they did. Now, we'll t that's another lesson for another day. The types of tongues, there's a grace of tongues and there's a gift of tongues. The grace is to... To help you pray. The gift is to send a message to the body that is to be interpreted. That's a lesson for another day. But in 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 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 4 through 11, it says the Spirit brings many gifts. But the initial one is tongues. But he brings many gifts. Words of knowledge, words of wisdom. He brings uh, tongues and he brings interpretation. There's a supernatural faith. There's a supernatural wisdom uh, where, where you know things that you, didn't, you wouldn't otherwise know. Sometimes, and we call those the manifestation gifts, and they're open for everyone who allows themselves to be used by God. Have you ever had that unctioning? Hmm, I should call so-and-so and pray for them. And you call and pray for them, and they were like, oh, I'm so glad you called, everything's all right. That wasn't just you having a hunch. That was the Holy Spirit telling you, to do something. That was a word of wisdom. Some of you are like, oh, I have that? Yeah, you have that. As you allow the Holy Spirit to flow. But he only stays in a clean house. You see how they connect? The links connect together? 
And you'll see it. The more you keep your house clean, the more welcome he is. And the more you pray for people and read the word, the more he's going to bring other things as you need them. Right? He's not going to bring you a jackhammer if you don't need to jackhammer something. He might just bring you some tissue. We believe in water baptism by immersion for all who repent should be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Matthew 28, 19 tells us, Therefore, go create disciples in all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Can you see how some of these declarations of faith are just a a reiteration of what the Scripture is? It's for all of us. It might be denominationally what we declare, but it should be for all Christians. Here's an interesting one that some people don't like, but it's in Scripture, and I'm going to give you some verses. We believe in the Lord's Supper and the washing of saints' feet. Some of you are like, what? Is that in there? It's in there. And here's the Scriptures. There's two Scriptures talking about the Lord's Supper, which we all uh, enjoy doing and like to do. And then the other one that uh, talks about washing of the saints' feet. It shows humility and service. And, and Jesus says, do this that he did for his disciples, like I'm doing it for you, you do for each other. And it shows humility. But some people don't, they're, they're like, I'm not that humble. I'm not touching your feet. I get it. I get it. That just means Holy Spirit has a little more work to do on you. That's all. And that's okay. Let him do the work. Think about the person and the works you could do for the kingdom when your heart's in the right place, where you're willing to do that, where it's not even a question anymore. I was at that point, like, who want me to do what? Or when someone's done you wrong, and you know they don't like you, and you still wash their feet. Jesus washed the feet of disciples, including the one who betrayed him, knowing he was going to betray him. That's different. That's, now, that's a whole other level of humility and service. In God's kingdom, the last shall be first, and the first shall be... All right. We believe in the premillennial second coming of Jesus Christ, first to resurrect the righteous dead and to catch away the living saints to him in the air, second to reign on earth a thousand years. And here's some scriptures that talk about this. And also uh, 1 Corinthians 5.52 Zechariah 14.4, and also Matthew 24 has a beautiful illustration of that scene and what that looks like and how and when it will happen. Here's the thing. The full gospel of Jesus Christ is not that he was born of a Virgin Mary, he died on the cross, was raised again. The full gospel is that he's coming again. He's coming again. Are you ready for his coming again? That's the question. See, we, sometimes we get caught up in the hustle and bustle of life and we forget that he's coming again. And he's coming for a church, that, a bride, us, the church, that have made herself ready. Not the whole church, the ones that have made themselves ready. You've got to remember, because he talks about Scripture is narrow. Wide is the gate that leads to destruction. Narrow is the road that leads to the path of righteousness. Narrow and wide. He talks about remnants. Remnant, if you ever go uh, to a carpet store, you see uh, uh, the deals are in remnants. And remnants are the cutouts, the leftovers, the smaller pieces of a greater whole that they didn't want. He talks about his church. He's coming for the remnant, the ones who make themselves ready. Are you ready for the second coming? And here's the other thing. We 
those who uh, make themselves ready, intentionally live a life that's pleasing to God, they will rule and reign with Him. See, we, we read a scripture today, the Lord's, Holy Spirit's doing something right now, where those who are faithful little things will be given much. This life that we have here on earth is just temporary, right? We're all going to die at some point. Hopefully you go to heaven. But those who have been faithful here, to the degree of your faithfulness and service, you will be given much more in heaven. And we know that no uh, eye is not seen, ear is not heard, mind is not conceived, the things that he has prepared for us in glory. But it's all going to be equivalent to your faithfulness, your service, here on earth, right? That gets into areas of, are you serving in the church? Are you tithing? Are you giving offering? If you can't do that simple stuff here, what riches will he entrust you with in heaven? What areas, what kingdoms, what nations will he allow you to rule with him? Paul says, and this is a mystery to me, do you not know that we will judge angels? What? That, that just blows my mind. What? All to the degree. Now, listen, if you make it to heaven by the skin of your teeth, praise God, you made it. Right? But I don't want to just have a little shack and call that my mansion. I want a mansion. I want to rule and reign with God. I want to, I want to be a faithful servant here so that I can be a, a much more faithful servant there. Does that make sense? We're, we're, all, we're, all, on a, 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 we're all developing a resume. I'll leave it at that. So we believe, number 14, in the bodily resurrection, eternal life for the righteous, and eternal punishment for the wicked. And this is found in John 5, 28 through 29. Do not be amazed at this, for the time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear the voice and come out. Those who have done what is good will rise to live, and those who have done what is evil will rise to be condemned. And this is talking about, there's other verses, the great white throne ju judgment. For example, every, this is where he says, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. A lot of people don't like to say the name Jesus. They'll say, oh, I thank God. If you they interview an actor, an actress, an athlete, or someone, like, hey, you had a great performance. They go, oh, I thank God. That's, you know, well, when they say God, I don't know who they're talking about. Because there's many gods out there. Some worship Hare Krishna, some worship the Prophet Muhammad and, and Allah, and that's not us. And some uh, worship Jehovah, Jesus. There's very few that you hear say, I thank Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Note that. You got a serious Christian right there. When they, when they thank the Lord, Jesus, now they could just be perhaps a young Christian and not... Uh, well astute or educated in, in the things and how there are many gods and they, people could get misconstrued and they're not threatened by God. Why do they want to stop the name of Jesus? Why do they want to keep you from praying? Why do they take prayer out of schools? Why do they take it? Uh, now they're taking the Ten Commandments out of courtrooms and government places and they try to say separation of church and state. That was never a law. That was in a letter. It's not even in the Bill of Rights. That was a suggestion. That was to keep government out of the affairs of the church, not the church out of the government. We are, if you go back to our history, the history of those who are here. It's funny when I say our history. It's ours because I'm here, but my family's from Puerto Rico. We weren't on a 
the Nina Pinsir Santa Maria. We weren't there. But in the Mayflower Compact, the founding of this nation was founded under God. Has Christian foundation. And then they say, well, we're, we weren't founded on Christian. Yes, you were. Yes, we are. Because I'm here now. We were. We are. And I pray that we always will be. There's a, there's a work to, to get us away from that, secularism. We're in a post-Christian modern era. But we, the people of Jesus Christ, have got to learn to find our voice again and share your witness. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. Those are our declarations of faith. That is what we believe. And I, it was funny. That was interesting. I, I met a gentleman just recently. Uh, I joined the, um, the, uh, the Recreation uh, Conservation Club down the road. And he's like, what do you guys believe? Well, that's not a very simple answer. I was like, well, tell me, what, what, how do you define it? And then we had this conversation and uh, he was looking for a church that allows the Holy Spirit to be the Holy Spirit. Not every church allows that. How refreshing it is that you are in a place that we allow the Holy Spirit to have his way. That we teach the full truth of the Bible. And I want to empower neighbor you. Listen, it's not just the pastor who is supposed to lay hands on people and, and pray for them. All God's disciples should. But you got to know what you're doing. You got to know what you're talking about. Can't have you going out there willy nilly, half cocked, be like, well, gallon of oil on someone's head and do it, you know. You got to keep it tight, right? So here's the deal that's for all. The Holy Spirit's with you all, He's in you all. The baptism, the empowerment, the upper room experience is a separate and distinct thing. If you, don't, if, you're, if you don't have tongues, you don't have that. You might, Holy Spirit lives in you because he drew you to the Lord. You have that, 100%. But Jesus told his disciples, stay here till the comforter comes. So there's a separate and distinct event, the empowerment of which has the initial evidence of speaking in tongues. That's scary for some. Don't, don't be afraid. And some of you got it and you choked it down. You didn't allow it to happen. And the Holy Spirit's there. He's overwhelming. He's whelming up in you. You're like, mm-mm. Here's the thing. He's there. Just keep worshiping. Just keep praising. Keep seeking his face and allow him to flow in your life. Amen? So here's this, what I want to do at this time. If you'd play something soft. Going into this new year, we've encouraged everybody to, this is the first day of our fast. And, and, I, and I, I'll just read what I have for you. It says, in January 2020, I, Pastor Felix, am committing myself to 21 days of prayer, of fasting and prayer for more of God's presence in my life, finances, and faith community church. And I put on here, and we have different things. We have a six-day fast, a nine-day fast, a 21-day fast. You can do a one-day. I don't care. Do something to draw closer to the Lord. Give up something that pleases your flesh, whether it be food, TV, social media, news, whatever it is that pleases your fest, give up something and dedicate, dedicate that time to, to reading God's word and praying. That's the essence of fasting. Giving away, getting rid of for a while what's pleasing to my flesh and filling up with spiritual things. Does that make sense? Now, 
in here, I committed three days of liquid fast to start, and then I'll do the remaining 18 days in the Daniel fast. I've also said that I'm going to do an hour in the morning um, with my prayer and Bible reading and the last hour of the day. I want to start my day and end my day in prayer, reading, meditating, worship. So that's my commitment. And we have sheets in the back that you can find these and fill that out to some degree. Now, here's the thing. I'm not going to check up on you and do that. If you want an accountability partner, find one amongst yourselves and ask them how you're doing. And here's the thing. If you mess up, start over. It's okay. It's not about the food. The fast is not about the food. Don't get hung up. Well, is that potato natural? Is it organic? It doesn't matter. Because I remember we got there. First, the first Daniel fast I went on, we were like reading books, trying to find out. I don't know. Is that legal? Can you do that? I don't know. Is that, is that sea salt or is that, you know, processed salt? Right? I remember. I kid you not. I, the first, I did the three days liquid. And then the, the day of uh, going to uh, the Daniel I waited till midnight. I fell asleep with an apple in my hand, waiting for midnight. Woke up, it was 12.30. Ooh, I can eat. It, it's not about that. See, if I would have been reading my word through midnight, some, there's something special about the word. It'll fill you up. If you get into your word, the pains will be less. You get into your worship, the pains will be less. Now, there is a little bit of sacrifice in that, True. But the more you're in the word of God and in his presence, it's going to do. So what I want you to do is let's just stand to our feet and let's ask Holy Spirit, what is he saying to you right now? Does he want you to participate in this? If he does, what does he want you to do? What does he want you to sacrifice? Maybe you're okay. He doesn't need you to sacrifice food, but you need to sacrifice Facebook. I don't know what he's saying. Let's just go before the Lord. Let's ask him. Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in the precious name of Jesus. We just ask you, Holy Spirit, to speak to our minds and our hearts. What is it that you would want us to pray for? What is it that you want us to do and serve in this new year in 2020? And as we draw closer to you through prayer and fasting and the reading of your word, meditating on you, Speak to us. Make your voice clear. Confirm it, Father God. Lord, I'm a simple man. I need you to confirm your word in my mind and my heart. Confirm it with scripture. Confirm it with others. Confirm it with your own voice. I ask and pray. Show me, lead me, guide me in the paths of righteousness. Help me to be a better version of myself. Lord, give me a heart of compassion this year. Help me to love what you love. Lord Jesus, and help me to hate what you hate. Holy Spirit, come, stir, renew, refresh. Lord, those who need a physical touch, I pray that you be with them. Lord, there's there's those that need peace. Come with your peace, overwhelm them. Press in just a little bit. Ask them, Holy Spirit, speak to me.
going to have Chris come up and pray the benediction. If you just look up here for a moment, we have some resources for you available, one per household at this time. And if you want to know more about our statements of faith, our doctrinal commitments, what we believe, that those items that I just reviewed this morning, they're, they're listed in the first page of this book, or the second page, excuse me. Um, it's good. You want to know what we believe, and if others are asking you and you can't articulate it just yet, um, just raise your hand. Uh, Brother Chris will see to it that you get those, and uh, we're just asking at this time, so we make sure we have enough for everyone, one per household, and uh, you'll get that, and you should have it. Study it. It's good. There's a lot of verses in there that prove out what it is that we believe. Mm -hmm.